there was an idea to bring a family together, to see if they could become something more, to see if they could build a brand, thinking of all things Marvel that no one else could. This is Everyone Loves a Good Story. Marvel, the MCU, and me. I am Mindy God. You are my guests. Welcome. If you like our content, you can share. Press the like button and subscribe with the bell. You can also join the conversation in the comments. But thou shalt be respectful. This is a mature but family-oriented channel. I'm always watching. But unlike Watu, I will interfere. Get it? Got it. Good story. Gather round, true believers, that's if you're still living. I am Mink God. This is Everyone Loves a Good Story. Home of the Marvel aficionado and the MCU Society. I have a special guest with me. This man, my brother from another mother. One of my first mentors in life. Half of the reason my name is Mink God. The fifth element of hip-hop. The human beatbox. The greatest entertainer, Dougie Fresh, is chilling with us right now. Welcome, Doug. What's good with you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, and thank you for such a nice introduction. And as always, it's all real, and it's good to see you. Yes. Hope your family is good, and uh, hope you're staying safe in this in this interesting time. Yes, it is all love. I'm happy to see that you are healthy and doing your thing. Um, you and that will got me inspired. I gotta be honest with you. I thought I was try I thought I was ready to keep up with you. And then I turned around <laughs> and tried to do that wheel right after I got off the phone with you. And I said, oh, I need oh, I need to go back to the two-wheel for about two weeks before I even <laughs> before I hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, we ain't trying to hurt ourselves. Nah. But but but, but all, all of it, all of it is based on see. The real key to the whole thing is just to trigger a thought to make you go back to what it is you always did anyway. It's like somebody saying saying to you in the court, yo, man, yo, Illicorn, you can't make that shot, man. You ain't got no jump shot no more. What? And then after, you know, you take the shot and you say, all right, damn, well, you know, I ain't been playing. I would have made that one. Right. Then you go out there and you start playing again. That's and, right. You know, and, and it was something that you did that you never even thought that when you was doing it, it was keeping you in great shape. Right. But now you're back out there on the court and you're playing again, and it was all based on somebody just triggering a little thought in your head. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, it's good. It's that good inspiration. Word. Yeah. So, so, um... Just to give you a heads up, what we do here is we talk about everything Marvel related, comic book related. I understand that, you know, some of us um, love DC like I love Marvel and I hold, I hold nothing against DC. It's just that this is how I grew up. And what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm melding my cultures. I'm, I'm sh not even melding because it's already melded, but I'm bringing my cultures together in a presentation. You know, the hip-hop culture made me what I am, and so did Marvel. So right. I think I'm just representing myself. And the fact that Marvel has gotten to that level where hip-hop is, as far as, you know, those are the two biggest cultures that came out of, you know, the last... The, the two biggest pop cultures that came out of the last 50 years, 60 years. You know, it's just a beautiful time to, to celebrate. But people like you and myself... 
I remember back in the 90s, you know, working with you on some music and seeing, you know, in the house, seeing the stacks of comic books and us having those ill conversations about all kinds of stuff, but including Marvel. You know, like we talked about, um, you know, you got a room in, in one of your, your houses that's just dedicated to that love and that representation of art. It's a beautiful thing. I hope, you know, you do a Mayan TV Cribs or something like that and, and show people that room because that room is something special. Right. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, when I first bought my house back in... Um when 97, I believe, 96, I bought it in 96, but I didn't move in it till, until 97. Mm. And and uh, when I bought it, there was a guy named Vance, an artist who used to do a lot of different paintings. And I seen one of his pieces when I was at a club out in Brooklyn called the Culture Club. Mm. And I seen him do a piece on Bob Marley. And when I seen the piece on Bob Marley and I looked on the wall, I said, yo, this was crazy. This is nice. I said, yo, I said, I, I said, uh, are you into uh, any comic books? He said, yeah. He said, I love comic books. I said, well, what's one of you? I said, I, I wanted to get some Marvel characters on the wall. He said, yeah, man, Marvel is my favorite. So after that, I said, okay. I said, well, uh, I just bought this house. So I want to do this room first before I do anything. I said, <laughs> I want a galaxy on the ceiling and I want all of the Marvel characters on the wall. Yeah. And he said, okay. And he brought a, a couple of comic books by. And I looked through them. And I said, okay, I want this, 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 that. And I said, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to leave you here for the next couple of days. <laughs> and you take your time and do it. So it took him maybe like two, three days, four days. And he was in there sleeping and all of that. Right. And then when I came in there, he said, you can come over and see it now. When I came over in there... It was crazy. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> who, who, crazy. Who, you, who you got up in that room? I have I have the X Men. Mm. I have uh, Spider Man. Right. I had uh, Magneto. I have uh, I have the um, I have Sabretooth. <laughs> I, have, I don't yeah. think people can understand, man. You 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 wake up in the morning and Sabretooth this is right there in yeah, front of your it's face. It's crazy. It's crazy. Larger than life, B. Yeah, it, it was like a part in the comic book where they was having a kind of like a battle, kind of like the last, you know, like this last Marvel one that just came out. You see how they all was going at it? Yeah, I, yeah, Endgame. Right, the Endgame, and I got a wall that's like the Endgame. That's great. Yeah, 1997, y'all, so for y'all listeners to understand. Doug been uh, a fan of Marvel before it was it was popular like oh it is now God. you know what i'm saying so 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 let's get to these these questions because i know you know thank you for give you know giving us this time and um you know we just want to make sure that we get the answers that we've been looking for so um how did you get into marvel to begin with well when uh when i was younger i would sell papers mm. And when I sold papers, I would take the papers on a paper route and, and, I, and I would like pack bags and I had specific people that I would sell papers to. So I always had my own money. Mm -hmm. So I was packing bags at like maybe eight, nine years old, eight, I believe. Right. 
And then, so when I sold the papers, I make my own money. So I have the ability to buy my own candy or buy uh, comic books. <laughs> so, so there was a store around the block and, uh, and actually it was one right on 125th street. And it was the, uh, the store right before you go into the train station, right there on 125th and St. Nick. Right. And there was a man named Mr. Hogan. And he used to have a whole wall in the back with a rack of all of the latest comic books, you know? Wow. And I went in there one time to buy something. And I turned around and I looked and I was like, wow. I said, this is crazy. I must have hit, I must have hit the jackpot or something. You know <laughs> so, and then, because I had money in my pocket. Right. And I had the ability to buy the comic books I wanted. But the other thing that was going on is before that, when I was up in the Bronx, me and my friend, used to have different arguments and stuff. And when we would work, I had a friend that would work. He never wanted to work, but I would always be the guy going to the supermarket. One day, he seen a Spider-Man web shooter in this little store we was going in. And he said, man, I want that so bad. I want it. <laughs> so his family wouldn't give him the money. So he went to go work with me at the supermarket <laughs> only, only to work enough Right. To get that little web thing. And after he got it, he stopped working. He stopped working. <laughs> so that said a lot about him. He was focused and got what he wanted. Right. So I've always had a deep level of, of, uh, of love for comic books because I think that comic books were very, very important to for reading. Mm -hmm. It made you want to read because the stories was engaging. It made you... It made you look at these superheroes and it made you say to yourself, they get you, you know, the mind of the superhero. Right. How does a superhero act? How does a superhero think? Mm -hmm. What the what makes them a superhero? You know, and and uh and, and then I used to always see Stan Lee name on everything. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? Stan the man Lee, that's right. That's right. And down the road I was getting ready to do his show about um, uh, this show he had on Netflix for a minute about people with special talents. Mm. Like they he say they were superheroes. Mm -hmm. And so one of these kids that was on there, one of these guys on there was a guy named Kenny X. And he was doing oh, the beatbox. I remember there. Mr. Kenny X. Right. Yeah. yeah, Kenny X's family. And when he was doing That's the right. beatbox on there, I was feeling like, even though I'm not physically on there, I felt like, this is beautiful that Kenny was on there because he's showing a, a superpower. That's right. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 so when I got into comic books, man, it was it, it kept me off the street. Mm -hmm. You know. That's right. And in Harlem, you know, it was dope fiends, drug drug That's dealers, right. killers on That's every right. block. That's right. You know. When I was so about comic uh, books, ten, I, I, oh, I didn't mean to cut you, man. I, no, I was, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just. Um, I, I was feeling what you were saying about keeping you off the street because when I started, I started about 10 years old and, you know, I was from, I was from a heavy drug block. I was from uh, 111th Street and 7th Avenue, 112th Street and 7th Avenue. So anybody over there can remember that was Slick and the family up one block, then it was Fritz down the other block, then it was Alpo doing wheelies up and down 7th Avenue every all summer. It was the African Day Parade. It was just always a hot time over there. Shootouts, all kinds of stuff. And uh, when I first got to the block, 
I was you weren't allowed to come outside if you couldn't fight. So, ironically, my first fight was over the fact that I was a Marvel fan because I would sit on the stoop and wow. I would I would sit on the stoop reading my comic books and I had Spider-Man comic books. So, you know, they would tease me and say, oh, you a Spider-Man? You, you ain't a Superman fan, you a Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the P word. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to push my buttons to see, just to make me fight so that they could test me and they could show me this is how you gotta, this is what you gotta do. It never really made me wanna be a fighter or nothing like that, but it taught me, you know, that I could take a punch, basically, because I'm a kid going to, because <laughs> I'm a kid that going to private school, and, you know, so it started making me harder. But the drug dealers on the block had a had a love for me. They saw I had a good heart. You know, I had I was coming from a single parent home and I was going to private school, coming home, cooking for my mother by myself. I was a latchkey kid. And then, you know, so when I finished doing my homework and, you know, cooking and before my mom would get home about like nine o'clock, nine thirty, I'd be outside. So basically the, the, the streets was raising me for a little while. So I would be right. outside reading my comic books or playing my um, my Marvel superheroes, um, you know, dice game or whatever. And then they started um, giving me a job to do so I could be outside. And my job was to look out for the cops. And, my, and so I'd be outside reading comic books, looking out for the cops. And when I saw the cops, I had to scream out, time out. And then, <laughs> you remember right, that? Right, 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 you was the lookout man. I was the lookout man, reading comic books and that. So the, you know, it, that just became my thing. And it didn't keep me out the streets, but it did keep me out the streets. Cause had I not had comic books and that thing to keep me on that stoop and keep my mind busy, I probably would have gotten to things earlier than I did. And you know what I'm saying? Even though I'm still, you know, blessed to, survived the stuff that I saw, was exposed to. Comic books definitely saved my life, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, I think they saved all of our lives, man, because, you know, um, going back into this, you know, I remember me and my boy, uh, uh, my boys up in, in the Bronx, we would argue over what superhero was better, we would argue over what was better, Marvel or DC. Mm -hmm. We would argue over these things. Right. And then, and then we also um, would, in school, you know, you sit down and you would try to draw your best version of Iron Man or Spider-Man or whatever from the comic book. I remember I did one drawing and my friend did one and his was better than mine, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, you know, he still holds it against me to this day. Whenever I go to North Carolina, he'd be like, you remember who won in that drawing contest, you know? Wow, like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, and then I had another friend who passed away and he came by my house and he seen me with the new, when Ant-Man first came out. Mm. When Ant-Man first, his first editions. Right. And I bought him because it was up at the block, you know, and I was looking at him, you know, and, then, and the level of respect you had for a comic book you know, you would let you ain't want nobody to touch it. If That's they right. touch you, you, know, you oh, gotta yeah. put it. You gotta put it in a, in some plastic or That's something. Right. Don't That's treat right. my book like it's nothing. <laughs> Are you crazy? Are you, you know, crazy? So, right, right. So this dude came to my house and tried this. And, and friend of mine named Hal, God bless him, he brought another guy by my house. 
And when he came by my house, I had my two comic books sitting there. And he was talking and he was asking me. I kept asking me for these two comic books of Ant-Man. Wow. And I was like, nah, man, I'm not giving it to you. I think it was one was Ant, one was Spider-Man or something. And they was like special editions. Right. And he was like, so I turned around and, and I went in the back. He said, yo, could you get something? And I went to go get it and I came back and him and his man was walking out. Right when I, and I looked down and I seen my comic books was missing. So I called this man at the door and I said, yo, where are my comic books? And I turned around and he was standing like, what you talking about? So I grabbed him and I pat him on his body a little bit. <laughs> so I seen the, the comic book was right here, right by his stomach, you know what I'm saying? And I took the comic book out and I was like, yo, man. I said, yo, man, y'all gotta get out, man. Cause I said, that was crazy. Yeah, and yeah. he started, you know, but still friends though? Huh? Are y'all friends, or was that the end of it? Oh no, 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 no. We still friends because we were just kids, you know. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, no, good. I, I was, I was looking at it like this. This is the way I, I figured it out. Like I wasn't gonna fight him over it because right. it wasn't. I wasn't that mad about it that that I felt that disrespected. But I felt like he was being tricky, and I felt like another thing. I said, damn. If he went to this extreme to do this <laughs> and, the, and the steal him out of my house, I said, damn, these things must be worth something. Like, right, in my mind, I said right, that. Right. So after that, when I took him back, then, you know, he came back and he wanted to be one of my closest friends. And, you know, we started just, you know, doing a lot of different things together. But that's another thing. Comic books always brought kids together mm-hmm. in a good way, in a way to where, like, you know, they'll have their disagreements, but nobody would ever hurt. I, I've never been around a situation where, you know, where you would hurt the other person. You would just, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I came from a crazy block, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might hurt yourself. Right. You might hurt yourself, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Trying to, trying to climb up the wall like Spider-Man or something. I did that, man. I was right. crazy. <laughs> we used to jump buildings. We used to jump buildings. So I, my building was 1827. And right next door was 1829 across the street. Well, uh, I can't remember. Pop, Tupac lived across the street when I was 10, 10, 30, you know, him and his sister. And I remember that I had a friend named John, and we were really hot on Daredevil, like crazy on Daredevil. And there was a fire, there was a fire in the building next door to the point that it burnt the roofs. So, you know, like I said, it, my block was crazy. I was running with some wild kids or whatever. So they took me up, you know, they saw me reading my comics and it was like, yo, you want to do some damn Come on, take him, come on, come on, take him to the roof. So his brother it was John and Alphaeus. So they took me to the roof and they, we just started, the, you know, the roof was halfway burnt. Thank God that I, you know, we, I didn't fall through the roof down to the second floor or something like that because we would walk in the beams. We jumped the building. We would walk on the beams and we would walk back. You know, just trying to be dead, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I have friends like that too. I mean, we used to do wild things. But I'm gonna tell you, man, what 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 honestly kept me entertained, because I was always one of those kids that was by itself a lot, mm-hmm. is uh, comic books, man. Yeah. Comic books, comic books kept me going. And one of my favorite comic book characters, man, uh, of all time. Was Spider-Man. Spider- okay, so let me ask you, because Spider-Man is the most popular Marvel character in history, right? So he's at the he's the upper echelon. My son goes crazy about him. Um, are your kids into Spider-Man? Like, yeah, yeah, my kids, my kids like Spider-Man, but they like the X-Men, I think, more. 
Mm. I think, I, but but then again, you know, when the Spider-Man movie came out, I think that they they gravitated more towards. Well, the X-Men is a is a mixture of many different characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just because they're a mixture of many different characters or the Avengers, many different characters, a mixture. So because it's such a mixture, I think they have the tendency to lean towards that more so than Spider-Man. When I grew up, Spider-Man was on TV. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, they tried to do a series for, and I used to try to sit up and watch that joint. And, and you know, but it was kind of late. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you had the Bionic Man on TV, That's the right. $6 million dollar man. That's right. But, but Spider-Man had his show. You had the Hulk, Luke Ferrigno, he was the Hulk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that, was and, the, and, that was the yeah, big was, show. The, the, that was, that was huge. The huge that that was he huge. changed the game. He changed the right, game. Right, right. So, so I just think that for me, Spider-Man was very important because uh, the story was just so interesting that this kid got bit by a spider mm-hmm. and then he will realize he had superpower and and when he realized it he wasn't at first using it in a wise way right and then he realized through the death of his uncle right that he needed to be more responsible with his power mm-hmm. you see so and when you I, say power, I remember you were the first person to ever talk to me and relate superpowers to real life people. I remember we were working on some, we were working on your album play, and um, you were you were, we were breaking things down about lyrics and music and just, I mean, you know, you were teaching me and honestly, you were teaching me a lot about how to be a man, and you were and how to be an artist. And when you were telling me about being an artist, you were saying you got to find your superpower. And, you know, that's the, you're the first person to ever say that. So I, I'd like to know, like, you know, who would you consider based on superpower and how they choose, how they chose to use it? Who would you consider your superhero spirit animal like who who do you identify with the most is it spider-man because he's your favorite or is there another character that you say you know what i kind of feel like i I move like this one though well you know you know it's funny to me because that's a very that's a really good question because because it's making me think because i have to i have to separate like i was saying about the spider-man story what, what, what made his story so compelling to me is that, you know, you know, it wasn't like he was the popular kid. Right. It wasn't like, you know, he was that dude, but he liked the girl in the class that was the hottest, mm-hmm. you know, and and he was just he was insecure. Right. He was trying to figure it out. But at the same time, when he got his power, you know, he wasn't abusive with it, but but he but he didn't respect it to the degree that he should have because the the degree I think he should have respected it, or rather the way the story is written is that it took a death, mm. it took a death of someone right. to make him realize that this power that he's been given. Is 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 been given to him to do something good with it. 
Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And, the, and, the, and the most fascinating part of the story is that something bad happened to him. Like by him getting bit by this spider, you know, it could have, it could have, he could have died from it, mm-hmm. you know, and that would have been the end of that. Mm-hmm. But instead of him dying from it, he took on the characteristics and the, and the, and the abilities of this spider. And I thought that the concept and the thought process behind that was very simple, but it was very brilliant at the same time. It's like something bad happened and he took that bad and turned it into good. And then he was able to use that power to make impact in a way for the world, which is good. So I don't know if Spider-Man is is who I am now, but Mm. at the time when I was a kid, that's the one that I was able to relate to the most. And when we was doing the music, and I said every superhero has a superpower, that's a very factual thing. But sometimes the superhero is like, say say a superhero is fast, mm-hmm. but he's trying to be the best fighter. You know what I mean? But he's fast, meaning like he's not the best fighter, he's just quick. So if that's his gift, sometimes he could be wasting his time doing something that he doesn't supposed to do right. and it might be more attached to his ego than his actual purpose see because the superhero who's a real superhero and uses his superpower in the way that they supposed to use it finds their purpose that's right because yes. without the purpose the power is really insignificant i mean it's it's, it's insignificant to the degree, to the degree that you're not maximizing the power you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you said something interesting. You said, now you don't think that you'd be Spider-Man. So when you were younger, you identified with the with great power comes with great responsibility. You know, that's a famous quote from, and the moral of the story of his origin. And then, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, shout out Stan Lee, rest in peace, Steve Ditko, those are the, um, the creators of Spider-Man. Um, and he went through changes too as he as he developed. Um, and even the way they, even even the way Spider-Man was drawn. Right, he became a pretty boy when uh, when John Romita got his hands on the character to, to to do things, and you know then the Todd McFarlane. There's a lot of artists that got to have their 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 interpretations of Spider-Man. But like you said, you evolved. So who would you who who would you say you are now, as opposed to back then? As using as using one of the one of the Marvel characters. Yeah, not, and what they and how they use their power, how they use it with their purpose. You know, you know, I'm gonna tell you a funny thing, man. That's so crazy. Every time I perform with EPMD, mm. Parish. Parish, and anytime I walk in when I'm on one of the performances with him, he'll turn around and he just started calling me Thanos. <laughs> every time I walk in, every time I walk in, yo, coin is the craziest thing. He be like, I'll be walking by, he be like, yo, how you doing, Thanos? <laughs> All right, so for the people listening, you hear Doug calling me coin. That's that's part of my MC name, you know what I'm saying? Uh, back in the days. And I mean, still to this day, I identify as an MC with the name Illicoin. So, you know, you, just so you, you know, he's still right, talking right, to right. me. He's still talking, talking to me. To somebody else. 
So like, you know, I guess I started out as Illicoin and then I evolved in the Mint God. And then, you know, but I kept the, you know, Illicoin was the name that I had and believe it or not, well, obviously, you know, that name came from me responding to Doug and Kid Capri challenging me to uh, show them that I was a special MC, you know what I'm saying, on, on a stoop um, in front of, you know, his mom's building. Uh, shout out, Miss Arlene, rest in peace. We love you yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You know that. I remember that. So then the Mick God came from me evolving into a producer and making beats officially because I was always in in the the the, the thick of, you know, producing and giving my vibe off and coming up and, and being a part of um, producing music. But once I learned the business and I understood what it meant and I just wanted to take control of trying to make what I heard in my head and then and put it there, I became Mint God. And I, and I did that because it was a, it was a, a double entendre from Fresh and Coin. You know what I'm saying? So okay. there's Mint. And then God was just me finding myself, you know what I mean? And just knowledge that's, itself, that's you know what I'm saying? So, so how do you spell it? Mint God, M-I-N-T space G-O-D, you know what I mean? But okay. the, O-D okay. is, the O-D is lowercase because, you know, I still recognize that the higher power is the capital G, capital O, capital D, you know what I mean? Right, right, and, no, that's beautiful, that's yeah. beautiful. So. See, and it's fascinating that you said that there because I think that as every superhero has a superpower, it's very fascinating because you go through a struggle to figure out what your name is going to be. Mm-hmm. And the origin of the name of something sometimes is given to you and sometimes you earn it and sometimes you create it. Right. You know, I, think, and, I, I think you always, well, especially in hip-hop and especially dealing with true school, like, you know, I mean, you put us through the ropes. You made us, you made us earn ours. You know what I mean? So regardless of whether we created it or we found it with a hundred dollars on it, you was gonna make sure that we, we did what we had to do so that we owned it because it, it was it was no shortcuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a name, a name carries a certain vibration as well. Right. You know, so when when that name doesn't carry that vibration. Or, or it's conflicting with the with the vibration. Imagine you saying you saying Mint God and you know and you you're doing devilish things, mm. let's say. Right. So the name doesn't complement the spirit of the individual. And sometimes when you create a name, you know, that name makes you always remember the way you should be carrying yourself. Exactly. You see, because because the name is it's it's like any product. You know, when it's named a particular way, people people put, you know, there's a lot of time and energy and patience and integrity that went into naming that particular thing, that name. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason behind that name. So I think that a lot of times when you look at the Marvel characters, you know, the thought process that went behind it, whether it was Thor, whether Amazing. it was Submariner, you know, it was just a very deep thought process and they you know and they wanted to cover all the bases you know what i mean all right so so my next question because i know you know i don't want to hold you too long i want to i want to make sure that we get these things you were talking about the, the thought process and you know 
you are the creator of several, several hip hop classics to the right. to, to this day. There is there is none. There's no par to the show. Not there's just there's no par. It is an anomaly unto itself. You know, um, right. keep keep rising to the top. Um, you know, I mean, all the way down to this new joint that you just did. Um, you know, uh, twenty seconds. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, twenty seconds or more. Twenty seconds or more, which is part of the uh, the public health, the PSA. Um, to encourage everybody to wash their hands and to make sure that they are conscious about where they're putting their hands and that they um, do everything that they can do to uh, prevent spreading the uh, coronavirus, the, the actual COVID-19 virus. So my question is, in, in the thought process of coming up with these things, you know, has, have comic books at any point in time? Because I know for myself, you know, I was a part of uh, of a few classics myself, and I remember almost each classic that I and each song that ended up being a classic. I prob I had to have been reading a comic book within 24 hours of actually, you know, before the creative process of that coming out. And that's something right. I just realized in hindsight. Did have comics ever had a part to do with your thought process and how you were creating music? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, I think that it played a role. I mean, when I did the album World's Greatest Entertainer, there's a piece in it where I sampled Amazing Spite when I sampled Spider-Man. Mm. I sampled the Spider-Man from the show. But I didn't use the whole the whole thing, but I I know that 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 the you know hip hop, the creation of it and the and the evolution of it is that it all comes from pieces of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I would be inspired by something that I seen or heard or and, and and you know and I have a comic book mentality, which means that I always seen myself as a superhero. But my superpower and the superhero that I was or that I am, you know, is is more of a you know like I I know that like like just that concept of thought. It made me, made me who I am, or made me know I could be who I am in real life. Because I'm reading about it in a comic book and saying this, this character that they created is is based on. Because I believe all fiction is based off of fact. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. In some form or fashion, like these stories, people will write about this. COVID-19 and the way that we was put in our houses and the way we had to live. Mm -hmm. This will be a story that someone will read. Right. I think in my it, maybe our children our great-great-grandchildren may be the ones who read these stories. Mm -hmm. You know? But I'm just saying that that I think that all of these stories come from somewhere. So when I looked at the comic books I realized that there was nothing that was happening in this comic book 
that I couldn't recreate in my life at that time. And the vehicle that I was going to do it with was with hip hop. So when an artist gets on stage or when a wrestler gets into a ring or when a boxer gets into the ring, he is a superhero. Or when a lawyer gets into a courtroom or when uh, a judge is getting ready to judge and everybody is standing up when he comes in and then he say, you, you can be seated or whatever the case may be, or the, or the, or the frontline workers are superheroes. But some people just don't know that they're a superhero because they thinking that they're regular, right. but, but there ain't nothing regular about nobody. Everybody has a superpower. Some have more, some have more understanding of their power than others, more control, you know, more confidence, because they've been using it more. Mm -hmm. But everybody has that gift. But the only problem is that sometimes if you're wasting energy trying to make a gift, make, make something that you don't do uh, seem like it's something that you do, you know, you're trying to be a painter. And right. you're terrible at it. You're <laughs> terrible. Right. You know, you're trying to be a boxer. And you cannot box. It's just not in your... Your coordination is not ready. You ain't got that skill. Yeah. But but you might be the, the person who has the ability to train the boxer. Because you could see all of the different things. Like when you're looking at Angelo Dundee. And you're looking at Mayweather's uncle who passed away. Roger. Right. Right. So Rest sometimes... Right, so so part the other part about being a superhero is knowing your position. Mm -hmm. Because you could be doing something that is not your calling. And I think I think when that happens, you find a harder road to to succeed. And sometimes most of the time you don't ever succeed. You don't ever achieve um, you know, you're, you're, you're that hamster that's in the wheel that's just, you know, running but in the same place and not getting anywhere because that's not your purpose. That's not your calling. You know, you know when you're, you, you, you might have challenges, but you know when you've found your purpose. One, this is something that happens inside of you. Then two, um, regardless of the challenges put before you, they don't feel like the challenges that bring you certain death because you were meant to do it. So you're gonna do it anyway. And three, results. You're gonna get results. You're going to see things happen. You're not, you can't continue to hit your head on a wall. You know, something has to happen to show you that you're doing, you're on the right way. Because if you continue to just be lost, you're just gonna be lost. You're not gonna get anywhere. There won't be any results, you know. So there's a there's a, a there's steps in find. You know, I had a a young brother that's part of the uh, the MCU society, the, the 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 group that we're starting to help uh, the next generation. Um, he was asking me, you know, how do you find your purpose? And you know, all I could tell him because I'm still getting, you know, taking the time to get to know him. Sometimes you can't give advice you know, that you would, you can't just give general advice to certain people because you don't know how they'll receive it. You don't know what way 
they they listen. So you need to take the time to understand how somebody listens in order to, you know, give them advice that or feed them the right way. So right. I, I told them, you know, give me some time to get to know you better. But as far as finding your purpose, you know, make sure that one, you always put your best foot forward, regardless whether it's your purpose or not. Put your best foot forward, because if you do that, then there's no doubt that you tried. There's no doubt that you put the effort into it and just realize that, you know, be conscious of, as, of every moment because you never know when your opportunity is going to show itself. And if you aren't ready, then you just aren't ready. And that opportunity will pass you by. But if you put your best foot forward and you're conscious of your, your, your moment, it's gonna magic. And then you're gonna start doing, before you know it, you're gonna start seeing things happen that just are extraordinary. And you, you gotta, and then it's like beating a, a, a pearl necklace. You take that moment and you put it on, then you find another moment and then you put it on. Before you know it, you got, you know, a dozen beautiful pearl necklaces and what's your point of having them? But to share them with the people you love and to share those experiences, have those stories to, to share, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that to me, what you just said right there is a beautiful way of looking at it. And I like that, I like that example because because uh, it's back to you giving to someone else, you know, and it's not just about you. You first have to look inside yourself, create that situation, and then you're giving it to someone else. But here's another formula that you may want to use to pass on okay. to somebody, or you can use the formula yourself. There's a natural formula in life, like there are just basically natural laws that govern the earth. And these laws cannot be broken. They're just like laws that are natural, like, like you know, what goes up must come down based on gravity. You know right. what I mean? Just laws like of nature. Laws of nature. So there's a law of nature that, that I think if a person really wants to figure out their purpose, this is how I kind of figured it out, I think, at a young age. Because I've never worked a job except when I said I sold some papers. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much my old work career. But, but, but my life career is what I do. And the reason why is, is because of this. There's a natural law called be, do, and have. Mm. There's these three steps that take place. Now in these three, three steps, the f one of the things is that whenever somebody meets somebody, they say, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, what you want to be is not always the real question to ask a person because the question is really, what is it that you like to do, mm. right? right? So whatever you like to do in life, you're going to put a completely different